Good morning, and welcome to Being the Change Now. Good morning, Ashwini. Good morning, Jen. So our practice this week, notice the absence of the comparative in existence. Notice how everything is the best. Every leaf, flower, grain of sand, blade of grass, cloud in the sky, every bird song, raindrop, shadow, ant, bite of food, child, breath. Notice how self-deprecation and arrogance are ego characteristics. Notice that life has no issues describing itself in the superlative. Notice that life in every expression is supremely accepting of itself as it is. Multiplicity is celebrated. Differences are a given. Notice that acceptance does not mean an absence of interest in improvement. Life appears to be perpetually interested in new forms and expressions, and yet the impulse to transform and evolve towards greater degrees of flawlessness is never a negation of the serene perfection of the now. As we practice being aware that contentment is the nature of true nature, notice the myriad ways conditioned mind generates misery through comparison. Notice how comparison is, in the words of Theodore Roosevelt, a thief of joy, as always, R.L. All right. Let's take our first caller. First caller, you're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, it's Emily from Seattle. Hey, Emily. Hi. Um, So what I've been working with or what I've been noticing is um, how ego uses um, this idea in choices like there's there's a best thing to be doing and I have to figure out what that best thing is because my well-being is dependent on it and um, yeah yeah, so noticing the comparison in choice, that there is a, that implicitly there is a, a better choice. There is the best choice, and it's, it's your job to figure that out in order to do that choice, to make that choice, because your well-being is dependent on it. It's such a miserable yeah. place, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is the story of my life, like, you know, big scale, small scale. So... I was really excited to practice with that this week. And like the idea of seeing, you know, any any choice is the best thing is um Yeah. Well that well, <laughs> could open up yeah, a lot. It does, because if that if we're not listening to a conditioned conversation, we can be here attending to the only choice there actually is. Right, whatever's arising in the moment, that is the best choice because it is the only thing arising in the moment. It's only when we are listening to conditioned conversation that says, "Oh, there is a reality in which the, a different choice might be possible." Right, right. I was, yeah, I was working with this with a little um, thing that came up of just trying to figure out a choice, like of, of. Um, something of how to arrange some activities for for an evening and um and i i got kind of caught up in my mind about it and was trying to practice like okay well um 
how to apply that and mm-hmm. got a little bit stuck because it was something I had to work out in my mind or I had to work it work out logistics and mm-hmm. were some yeah. unknown factors of lo- logistics and then um mm-hmm. what I finally got to was well there's um well, we talked about this before. Like the the choice can be well not to be miserable about it, <laughs> like because I was being drawn into. I was in my head figuring it out, but then I was being drawn into misery. So I was I was trying to kind of separate those two. Like, well, I can I can work this out, but I don't have to be. Um, I can make that choice not to be miserable. Um, that's, that's exactly the insight because I think you started out with the, uh, the, the, um, the equation that makes for misery, which is my well-being is conditional on the choice that I'm making. But what you got to is, no, I can be miserable or not miserable, happy or unhappy. That is independent of the activity that I'm planning, whether or not the activity is the right activity or not. That convers- as long as I'm not involved in that conversation, I'm actually all right that I can actually approach any activity with an attitude of happiness or a choice for happiness because happiness and activity are not related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I got to kind of even experience stepping back even further, like to think about, well, this is a kind of to this gratitude, like, well, I have, if I was in this place, well, oh, this is the best life that I have like this is look at all these opportunities I have look at all these choices I have and and if I can go around with in this kind of um, kindness and gentleness with this person then that's that's really the best (laughs) exactly exactly so the attitude of the best this is oh you cut out the best kindness (laughs) that then whatever we have to do within quotes is what we've got to do we're not in the conversation that that's what what that how we I mean what we do is what is how I am is what makes us in a state of well-being right which is yeah the choice of how how I can be yes and and I can make I can make choices and plan things and and everything as well. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the addendum, right? So that's what I get to do. That's what I'm planning and but I'm going to be in well-being while I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So. Thanks, Emily. It's great practice. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Emily. Ashwini, that's really the piece I've been seeing too. Um, as I practice with this, is that it's the that I'm told that my well-being is somehow based on that, and I was, I was based on you know the the outcome. And what I was seeing yesterday when you were talking about the example of you know, so there's the beautiful painting that I've spent however much time on, and then it gets trampled over. And the freedom there is in realizing that the painting is for the painting, not for some outcome for me, and that then the painting can truly just be. I'm free to just paint because I'm not, there's not, no outcome. There's, my well-being is not dependent on that painting. 
Yeah. There's so much freedom in just being able to do for doing and well be and be and being is what makes all the difference. Not outcome dependent. And of course the irony is that then the painting is completely enjoyable. So I actually have the experience that conditioning told me I was gonna have based on a condition, but it's completely unconditional. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's take our next caller. Next caller is now live on the air. Would you please introduce yourself? Is Ata here from Lima? Ah. Hey, Hi. Oh, I uh, let, let, let's see. Sorry, I wasn't. Uh, let me just catch a breath because I didn't. I, I I had so many things floating around in my mind about this, uh, and I was just listening to what you girls were saying so i don't i don't remember where what i wanted to say i'm sorry <laughs> let me think oh, catch your breath. you know what what happened uh, uh, with the uh, about the reading that uh, the reading this week's reading a, a sentence that really uh, i found very interesting was when it, there was this comparison uh, between ar- arrogance and self-deprecation that they are both uh, they are both aspects of ego, and uh, and uh, I, I'm really thinking about it because uh, I I I think it's so beautiful now to be like the bird singing, like the like the tree. Uh, growing and like being the expression of nature than I am and sometimes I worry though that if I don't throw in a little bit of self-replication when I'm talking to other people it might be misunderstood Uh yeah somebody might project that your complete happiness with yourself is arrogance exactly Therefore, you have to sort of throw in a self-deprecating comment in order to make the other people see it. person not have that projection on. Yeah, not project. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also because, because of this thing of the comparison now, mm-hmm. I project that my, that I project that they think that my happiness with who I am uh, comes with a sense of superiority which is not mm. the case you know but I project mm. that they might think so yes well and you know it's such, a, it's such an interesting place because your sense of happiness I, I mean this is it's mastery right if I'm in that place of being like the bird and I'm shining with happiness, I can be sensitive to what someone else needs and be appropriate to them without it ever affecting my sense of happiness, right? So there's an intuition that this person might be more comfortable with X. So if I don't tell them X, whatever, but if, if if there is a way to be supremely happy, it's what we say in practice, right? When you're, when you're centered and happy, just twinkle. You're not required mm-hmm. to convince somebody else of what your place or try to get them there or whatever else, right? It's just your way of being is embodied in the same way the bird is. 
And from that place, you can be still sensitive to somebody else, but not coming from a place of conditioning that says, in order for this interaction to work perfectly, because I'm projecting this person is going to think I'm arrogant, I have to be self-deprecating. That's a, that's a, it's, it's just that you can be natural and centered and happy and sensitive, or you can come from an identified place, and it's actually the, that, that's what we're pointing at. That is condition, if I've identified with the person who is being deprecated, who is being hated, then I'm coming from a different place than if I'm just here and happy. Yes, you're right. Now that you were describing it, uh, there is fear of being misunderstood. And as you always say, when there is fear, there is always identification. So, so probably this thing that I was describing implies that I'm partially uh, I identified. Yeah, you're right. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't feel the fear and I would just uh, probably be sensitive to how to communicate to the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're completely happy with yourself, you know that awareness will be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. There's no fear, because fear is that separation, that ego, exactly how you pointed it out. And often you probably are just happy and who you are, <laughs> and it's completely fine. And it's all right, because whatever the other person is projecting, you, it doesn't affect you in the least. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. I, you know, I, 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 talk, I totally realize that I, the story is totally different from how I thought, because I really think there is a big fear of being, uh, of being put down. You know, if I, I, I realize it's totally different because, uh, you know, when, when one is a kid, I don't know if it's normal, but in my family it was very common to say, ah, these people just envy you when I was treated mm. badly. So I, I came to fear a lot of other people's envy, you know. And so now I realize yeah. that a lot of this thing that I was describing was just me fearing other people's envy and hadn't much to do with twinkling and all this. I have to pay m- more right. attention to, to the process. Yeah, because as, as kids we have to survive, right? I mean, people are, if people put you down for, for the way you are, you think there's something wrong with you, rather than, oh, well, I'm just who I am, and they're giving me information about who they are, and they could certainly have that experience if they want to, but it doesn't need to affect how I am. I continue to be supremely happy and living in the superlative about me. Uh-huh. I, I will have to... to to re-listen and to, and to work on it more, because... Uh, yeah. yes. and, and you know, so, so that if you do a, a two-handed with the person who's afraid, right, what is it that she's afraid of? And what, if we explore that a little bit more, we have a little bit more freedom to be all right with whatever somebody else's opinion is of me. But that needs to be explored a little to understand where is the fear, what's going to happen to me, what is implied, what's threatened if, if somebody thinks I'm superior or projects my arrogance or thinks I'm very proud. That unexamined fear, if we examine it a little bit, we might be free from it. My God, I'm so curious to do that because really I don't know whether it's more that I don't want to add these other people to feel bad or that I don't want to be hurt and feel bad. 
So it really needs it's some, right. some recording, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. and then you'll find out, and then the mentor will be there, and then at least what is unconscious in interaction becomes into conscious awareness, and it's because you're aware of it, the transformation happens, because you realize in, con- in consciousness perhaps that fear needn't be there. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you so much. I, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to looking into this. I, I'm really excited. Wonderful. So, so glad I had been called because I would have missed the, I would have missed an important thing to look at. So thank you so much for, for the guidance. Okay. You take care. Let us keep it posted. I will. Thank you so much. Gasha. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Asota. Ashwani is such a beautiful demonstration of the inquiry that is practice, right? We see what we see, yeah. we call in and participate, and then we have a whole other piece to look at. Yeah, it's lovely. All right, let's take our next caller. Next caller, you're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Jen. It's Debbie from Minnesota. Hey, Debbie. Oh, hi, Ashwini. Um, and uh, um, what I'm seeing, this is great. Every, I'm seeing everything that other people are describing and love the guidance, so that's first. Um, and I'm, what I've been looking at this week is the part of the quote that talks about how we're always in whatever state of evolution this being is in, it's always in its perfect form. So if certain forms drop away, there might be an undulation and there might be suffering as something drops away, but to trust that. And I have watched like the undulation go up, the suffering comes up, suffering goes down, and then come back to this idea, this grounding idea that it's always perfect. And there's no way that I could fix it and try to manipulate things to go back, just like I can't manipulate the painting and I can't, uh, there's, there's no perfect thing I could say in conversation. It's not about that. It's just about being this life expression and trusting that that's all that I need to do and to, to support myself being that and mm-hmm. not worry as things change form and drop away yes. and new things come and I'm fine, and it, if it happens for my daughter, that's fine too, and she'll be fine. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's all, all fine. fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's such an important realization. It, it is truly coming to spiritual maturity, that level of acceptance that we're being unfolded. You know, seed becomes a little shoot and shoot. Oh, Ashwini, I can't hear you. I really can't hear you at all. I, you you oh. dropped out for a little bit. Can you hear me now, Debbie? Yeah, I can. Yeah, just I was just quote, I was just uh, pointing to a parallel process of a seed growing into a shoot and then growing into a, a, a bigger plant and then flowers and then fruit and then the seed again. Right? There's a trajectory of of uh, of evolution or process that we can trust. And every, yeah. every step is necessary, every step is part of the way, and if we can relax into the process, 
rather than listening to the conditioned voice that says, you know what, a flowering tree is better than a dormant tree and a, a, a ripe fruit is better than a flower and uh, than a hard fruit. And that conversation about how the perfection is something other than the moment is really where the suffering is. So if we let exactly. the suffering go, which is the comparison, then we can be happy with whatever place the form is in. Exactly. And trust the process and relax into the process. Right. So the quote was great. Uh, it was a great support. As I had this undulation and I had this sleepless night in reaction to you in, uh, something I heard about in an event, and, uh, and I... You know, came back. Even just the experience of suffering and then coming back, but seeing, and I think it is true, it's a matter of maturation, that my well-being doesn't depend on anyone else. It doesn't matter on how pretty the picture is. It doesn't matter on what this person experiences from what I say. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I just need to support myself and practice. That's exactly right. In being here with... And part of our practice is all, and we know this by experience, right? We used to live in pure suffering. Now we understand the mechanics of identification and disidentification, and we keep practicing those movements. And now what's available to you is the ability to really accept that your well-being through experience is not based on what you say or how well you say it. And if there is suffering, there is the ability when you come back to recognize that there is a place where unconditional acceptance was not available and this process is now making it available for me in those places that it wasn't previously available. That's right. I trust that process. That's right. And I'd say big supports are Sangha and hearing other people's experiences and uh, watching the process of facilitation into presence again and also yes. recording and listening and in the same way as listening to Sangha, just hearing it in my own experience over time and how things unfold. So Yeah. Yeah. In other words, practice, right? All yeah. the various supports <laughs> available in practice as the self comes to the realization that was hidden from us before. Right. Right. Gosho. Wonderful. Thanks, Debbie. Yeah. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for joining us, Debbie. Ashwani, we have time for at least one more caller. So let's go to the queue. Next caller, you're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hey, Jen. Um, hey, Ashwani, this is Justin calling. Hi, Justin. What do you think? Hey. Oh, this is so great. I love spending the entire week on comparison. Um, it comes up so often and frequently and I always fall into the ditch <laughs> of this comparison, which is just so crazy. It's, it's such a, uh, just like dual, duality, I, a comparison is so much a part of the condition structure, right? It's how you think, how we think. Exactly. And, and it's, it's so, the, the paths are so well-worn. Those grooves are so deep. You know, you just, into it, you know, just so this weekend, just to give a bit of content, just to see just, you know, how crazy it is, is that um, my daughter and my wife and I 
we uh, we participated in this little bike ride. It's a community bike ride, and you know it's it's supposed to be fun, you know, and it's supposed to be leisure and it's supposed to be. But boy, you know, we got out there and there weren't signs to where we were supposed to go. We were getting lost. My wife's bike wasn't working properly, and the comparison was there. You know, ego has comparison of how it should be. So it's not comparing against someone else. It's not comparing against the past. It's not. It's comparing against this fictitious, you know, future. And I was just smoking mad. Like I couldn't believe. You know, I got conditioned, and I was just. I just saw red because. God darling it, you know, we should be having fun. <laughs> this is not fun. And just you know how crazy it is that you know I would fall into this, and it took me like. 20 to 30 minutes for me to you know, to snap out of this, but boy, you know, like I've been practicing a long time, and I would think, you know what, this I shouldn't get caught by this, but there, you know, I fall into the ditch there. You know, and there we go into comparison again, <laughs> just <in laughs> exactly. my life. Yeah, and that's exactly that process, and you laid it out so perfectly. It's not even to the past. It's not even to somebody else. It's to that, that, that constant projection of a reality other than, than what's going on. That is what the comparison is to. And that's why we say it's made up, right? Because that reality doesn't exist except in a conversation where I'm suffering. There is a reality in which the human beings are not going to be so incompetent that they don't put up signs so that I can get to where I need to go. <laughs> Rather than the reality I'm in is there isn't a sign here. So now how do I find my way? I mean, when we switch out of that identification, that well-worn groove, we can deal with how it is. There isn't a sign, right? So instead of using all that suffering energy to be smoking mad, I can redirect to see, okay, so how do I find my way? But exactly. that's what gets taken away from us in that movement up into the conditioned conversation. It's just miserable. We are supposed to be miserable, not happy with how it is and working through the next step. Yeah. And as exactly. you said, something that is supposed to be fun, a community bike ride ends up being uh, a really, really horrible experience. Great. Exactly. No, that's exactly, that, that's exactly the way it is. And that's why it took me 20 minutes or half an hour. You know, I got the GPS on my phone eventually and we ended up. But yeah, it's just, it's so crazy. Anyway, thank you so yes. much. I love, love, love this uh, focus. Week and, you know, to spend an entire week on it, this is amazing. So thanks, Justin. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Justin. And Ashwini, it looks like we do have time for <clears throat> excuse me, one more caller. Wonderful. Um, next caller, you're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Sharon in Barbados, back in Barbados. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Yeah, this is a this is a great exercise, the comparison, and it's amazing how pervasive it is and how embedded it is in just everything that one does. Alexa, stop. And um, you know, all the time on my bike ride, when I was in in Ireland, I called you from there, and I was there for like three weeks, and I was 
constantly, I would think about these other writers, or I would think about how I should be better, um, faster, stronger, and maybe I could figure out a way to be that. And it was amazing because it was, uh, I was really happy in a lot of times meditating while I was writing, so I wasn't miserable or anything. But there was always this kind of low-grade program that was running. And I was really glad at the end of it, I, I, or near the end of it, I actually saw it. And uh, yeah. so it was good to see, but then it's just the same program that I do with everything, <laughs> you know. Uh, could be better, faster, uh, smarter, uh, happier, as I shared with you when I called in from from my vacation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and that is sort of the maturity of our practice, right, Sharon? Because what we are, a couple of things. One, here I am, I'm actually happy. And there's a way for me to notice the programming, notice that it's the same droning uh, statements over and over again, and to notice that at one point it's very believable in, in my practice, and then there I, I, get a dis- I get distance from it, and it doesn't affect my enjoyment. And that is the biggest proof that our well-being is unconditional. It's only when I'm in conditioned mind that I feel miserable. If conditioned mind is just doing what it's doing and I'm present in an expanded awareness state, my enjoyment is not based on what it's saying. Wow, yeah, yeah. Right, and I can even be happy when I'm, when I'm identified because I at least know that I'm identified and I know the steps to, uh, to move on from that. So. Yes, yes. As soon as you... This identification, as Sherry often says, you're really not identified, you're aware. And so from awareness, then you know the next step, not to go back into the identification with the self-hate that says, oh, why do I get identified? If we avoid that one, then we could go into, okay, well, I need to redirect my attention to awareness again. Stay with awareness, expand that awareness, and that awareness can contain a miserable, conditioned conversation without being affected by it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's it's terrific. I love this practice. And thanks for calling on me today, and thanks for this uh, this topic. It's really good. Thank you, Sharon. All right, gosh, so bye for now. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Sharon. And Ashwini, that brings us precisely to the end of another fabulous show. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, everybody. Go happy. Mm. Thank you. Go happy.